Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Burke, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together we are Locked On Kentucky. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, we'll be talking about it every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Nick Ratliff. He is a realtor in Central Kentucky. We'll give you some more information about him in just a little bit, but just wanted to thank him at the top here. Today was the spectacle that is Kentucky Basketball Media Day, Kyle. It's always yes. tough to, and we're gonna, we're gonna, this whole podcast is gonna be about it because, I mean, it's over when you took the time we interviewed with Calipari and the players. That's an hour and a half of content, and there's a lot of surrounding madness that we might get into to a little bit. Um, uh, but what did you think of the crowd today? Was it bigger? Was it the biggest you'd seen? I don't know. It's all. It's always like about. It's hard to know because they little. They sort of remodeled the room that it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that affected the available space. But I mean, like every year, it's just wall to wall people. It's every seat is full. Some people standing up. It's media day, but there are people there that I you never see after, never see before or after. <laughs> They're only there for media day, and no one really knows who they work for. But I think Kentucky likes it that way. They like to pack the house. They like to be able to send out the the photo that, you know, the biggest media contingent. I mean, even if you just took the people that I know and I know where they work and are legitimately covering the team pretty much every day, it's still a huge crowd. But uh, media day is, like, just bonkers. It is pretty much out of control. And we'll start, we'll talk, we'll jump into it here talking about Calipari. And then we'll wrap on this podcast with some player interview stuff, mostly fun stuff with the players, because I thought that was all, it was just a ton of fun talking to those guys. Um, including, we'll find out which superhero Quade Green would be if he had his choice. And I guarantee no one will be able to guess the answer. Um, but I'll, I'll start with this, Kyle, because you mentioned seeing some people and hearing some people that aren't always around the program. And today, Calipari had an interesting exchange because he couldn't understand a reporter from Eastern Kentucky and the way he pronounced depth. Yes, it came out. Uh, I have a piece of uh, I, have a, I have a piece running on the Athletic. I guess by the time people listen to this, it'll most people it'll be up uh, called deciphering Calipari. It's just taking five of the things he said. And then writing, sharing those quotes, and then saying, uh, sharing what I thought he meant, because Cal doesn't always say what he means, yes. sort of. But the beginning of that piece, I talk about that interaction and of the seven thousand plus words he said today. Uh, none were more interesting or hilarious than his reaction to the guy asking about the team. And I wrote that the words stretched, the words stretched out like a sticky strand of slowly poured molasses, and it sounded more like dayups. <laughs> That's pretty and accurate. Calipari, and Calipari was perplexed. <laughs> and finally, when Eric Lindsay told him that he was trying to say depth, Cal said, are you Kentucky? Uh, and he was, yes. and everyone shared a big laugh about that. And that was uh, that, I would say that, the kid reporter teaching Cal the word sass. How did he not uh, know what the what sass meant? I, that was strange to me. I, I mean, he's from Pittsburgh, so yeah, they say some that's weird kind stuff. Of a southern, it's a southern word, sass. But I was surprised that Cal hadn't heard it. Uh, that was probably second, and then uh, 
Calipari saying that his body, sh shamefully admitting that his, uh, or ashamedly admitting that his body fat percentage is quote very high right now. <laughs> and then I <laughs> Which think you tweeted was probably him feeling self conscious because I wrote he was fat in the piece earlier this week. But, mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, That's exactly where that came from. Uh, real quick yeah. to your point, you you mentioned molasses there. Ironically. This weekend, I'm going to go visit my family in northern Kentucky, and my uncle has a family festival every year, and we make sorghum molasses. Perfect. That's perfect. They are all originally from eastern Kentucky. So, <laughs> so you, can pour, you can slowly pour it out uh, into uh, a very deep container that has lots of depth. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I love all I mean, kinds of perfect. accents. Accents are like my favorite thing as an audio oh, guy. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I just, I yeah, just love not, everybody. And, and I, I, I am definitely not um, making fun of that accent. Yeah. I love, I, I'm the same way. I love all accents and I love Southern accents. I mean, my whole family, I'm from Tennessee. Everyone in my family sounds like they are straight out of deliverance. So it's great. I, I love accents. Okay, that was uh, a good. That was a fun moment. I don't think the guy. I don't think the guy was like super embarrassed. I think. I think everybody kind of got a, a kick out of it. No, I think he was okay. He was kind of sitting close to me, so I heard him kind of laughing about it too. And it, it's, I'm sure it was fun to a certain extent for him because now he's got his moment. And you, every once in a while, I mean, when we get those interactions with Calipari, you know, like when he shushed you the one time, yes. he and I going back and forth on Yolo, a couple things like that, you know. They always, it's always fun because then your family sees them, and if they go viral to a certain extent, everybody kind of is in on the joke with you. So I think, you know, even if you're when Fletcher Page got tickled by Calipari, oh my SEC. god, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. SEC, I got a uh, media day last year. I think I gotta send that gif out again pretty soon if I can find it on my computer. All right, um, let's get some more of what Calipari had to say. Uh, I'll just flip it over to you, Kyle. What perked up your ears when Calipari was going on his ramblings well i mean you know i don't think new material uh really that's why i mean media day is especially the coach part of it for me unless there's like some big news and i guess we should mention he said the one piece of news of the day was he said kelvin johnson was expected to be full go in practice mm -hmm. today as we're recording on thursday um after sitting out a couple of days turned his ankle in that uh nba pro day so he's that that was the that was the real big news, and it is big news for them that he's fine. Um, but not otherwise, like nothing newsy came out of it. Nothing particularly new in terms of Calipari's thoughts came out of it. It's it, again, it's very clear how high he is on this team. He said that the NBA scouts that came through for that uh, pro day were like saying, you know, noticing it looks like you really this team, and the line that that he said was uh, when you don't have to coach effort, when you don't have to coach enthusiasm, the passion you have to play with, when you don't have to coach competitive spirit to fight, to come on, to dive on that, then what are you coaching? Basketball. And I love to coach basketball. So, I mean, he's excited. It's, we've been talking about that for weeks. Mm -hmm. It's obvious. He admitted as much I am excited. Shea Gilgis Alexander became the shining example last year of the work ethic he wants. He was the one guy who would do the extra stuff all the time and often the only one in there alone in the gym. And he, Cal said today, we have six or seven of those guys now doing that kind of stuff. You know, and so that was cool. A highlight for me was that uh, sort of out of the blue, Cal Perry referenced the story we talked about, I think, yesterday on the po previous day on the podcast 
uh, on The Athletic where I asked all the guys about, you know, how Calipari recruited other schools, recruited them, the mistakes other schools made, and how Calipari sees them. And we talked about the idea that they all really said the same thing, that he they were going to have to work for it. And it seemed like Cal, he said he, he'd heard about this story, and he was, like, pleased by the idea that, like, there it was in black and white. All said that they all recited back, like, this is what being, this is why I came here. And he said, that's exactly everybody we recruit. Some kids want to know it's guaranteed. Uh, we just don't do it. I would, and I would like to think that's why we have the guys that we have that they wanted this challenge. Um, so that was interesting. I, I was, I was very happy that he uh, mentioned the story, but also I, just to hear him kind of follow up on that, that like seeing them say, yes, this is why we came to play for Cal made seem to make him really happy. Do you think Calipari has his own subscription to The Athletic, or does he just use uh, Eric Lindsay's? <laughs> I'm sure it's the office, the UK <laughs> Athletics. They're probably just passing it around up there <laughs> yeah, as if they're not raking in all these millions of dollars from the TV contract. Uh, Everybody get your own damn subscription. If uh, The one thing that was kind of amazing was the fact that the tables have turned. Oh, how the turns have tabled, Kyle. And Calipari spent... <laughs> About five minutes talking about football total today. Yes. He was absolutely loving it I from the way I, he was just diving into it. I mean, just breaking down, talking about Benny Snell and this and that. I, I We yep. played it on the local show I hear, do in the evenings from 6 to 8 on WLAP with Dick Gabriel. And I said, if you would have cut the beginning and end off and just started it with, uh, John from Lexington calling in and then played the middle where he's going on about how great Benny Snell is and how great Josh Allen is. He would have just been a, like a caller to a call-in show locally. Yes, and that like this thing that I wrote, like what Cal said and what he meant, and you know, a lot of them I'm interpreting a different meaning from what he said, but I, I gave the, the, a long piece of that quote about the football team and how much he, how exciting it is. And I, my interpretation of what he meant was exactly what he said, that he is loving this. You know, the way he talked about um, watching Benny, you know, handle things the right way, you know, all, all calling Mark Stoops. I thought it's funny, though, because he's like, you know, I called him right after the A&M game. Now, if, if you're a coach and you lose, you do not want anybody to call you and tell you that it was okay. But So I did that to Mark. <laughs> uh he said that when people try to do that to him, he hits the eat poop button on his phone. And according uh, to the internet and Twitter and his daughters on Twitter, he doesn't use the word poop. poop. It's the other word yes. that is a bad word that he says when he hits yes. that button. Starts with an S. Yes, the eat bleep, the eat bleep button. But yeah, I mean, like a huge football fan. I don't think he's just like saying this to be politically correct. He's he's from Moontown. Pennsylvania, huge Steelers, diehard Steelers guy. Likes Bud Dupree because former Kentucky Stars, a major player for uh, for the Steelers. I think he's friends with you know all the the president and GM and the coach uh, in Pittsburgh, and he can show up and go to practice and games all the time. I mean, he's a football guy, and he's also forged a real friendship with Mark Stoops. You know, did it I think pretty early, and has kind of been there for him for advice and all those sorts of things, as I understand it, uh, which, you know, that's significant because that's something that, according to history, Adolph Rupp did not do with Bear Bryant, and Bear Bryant eventually realized that this was a basketball town uh, and there wasn't room for both of them here and uh, and moved on. And, and it's kind of crazy to think that 
those two guys were the arguably the greatest basketball and greatest football coach in history were in the same place for a while. And yeah. I've even heard we should have this is totally I'm totally digressing now, but you we always do explore this further. I've even I've heard yes. I've 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 heard stories that Pat Summit wanted to come here at the very beginning of her career and there was some like like UK wouldn't pay their moving her moving expenses and so she went to Tennessee. I have no idea. I I'm, I'm literally spouting a rumor that I've heard. I have no idea if any of that's true, but it is crazy to imagine if that might be true that Kentucky could have had Adolph Rupp, Bear Bryant, and Pat Summit on its roster of uh, historical coaches. I've heard that rumor as well. Uh, we're going to talk more about the John Calipari press conference, including a mention of Rick Patino. But first, I want to tell you a little bit more about Nick Ratliff. Buying or selling a home is a huge process and not something you want to do alone. You don't want to go through it without someone to guide and protect you each step of the way. Nick Ratliff with Better Homes and Garden Real Estate Cypress is the man for that job. Nick is a lifetime resident of Kentucky, so he knows the area and shares your values. He loves for his clients to benefit from technology, but never loses that personal touch. Check out his website, bbnhomes.com. Oh, did I mention Nick is a University of Kentucky graduate? Twice, actually, and a lifetime Kentucky Wildcats fan. Maybe that's why he went back for that second degree. He wanted access to those cheaper student tickets again. If you're looking for a home or ready to sell, check out bbnhomes.com or call 859-429-SOLD. That's 859-429-7653. Don't buy or sell a home without talking to Nick. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Kyle, would you go on the Rick Patino podcast if asked? I don't think he'd ask me based on my tweets about him. <laughs> And now he knows about those because he's on Twitter and feeding the Petuitos every day. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, but I would totally go on Rick Pitino's podcast. That would be great for business. Cal said he would, so uh, that was a that was a highlight question. I think Kent's our friend Kent Spencer asked your friend. You know that not your friend. Uh, he, uh, he you mentioned Rick's new jobs because I, he's unemployed as a basketball coach but he is now a podcaster and motivational speaker apparently going around and speaking to some mm -hmm. teams i don't know if that's a plan or he's actually been invited and spoken to some teams yeah he's a it's a I'm plan not clear on that i forget if it was evan daniels had patino on his podcast and he kind of spelled it out basically he's going around and like watching teams practice and talking to him giving the coaching staff kind of like an outsider's view of what he sees at practice i think he's charging five thousand dollars and his expenses, but the the money's going to a charity, so he's not making money from those visits that you saw. You've seen him at Cincinnati, Syracuse, Manhattan, uh -huh. a couple of those other places. So that's what that's what that question was about. 
But then Calipari went in and said that he did not want to invite Rick to campus, not because of anything to do with Rick, but that if he did, it would force North Korea onto the back burner, implying that it would be such huge news that no one else would be able to talk about anything else. Yeah, yes. I mean, he's probably right about that. I mean, if if John Calipari had Rick Pitino come speak to the Kentucky basketball team, the internet would explode um, or implode or, I don't know, something something that North Korea could make happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did say, you know, he said he's talked, I don't know what, what what the time frame was, but he said, I'm not a scheduled, on the podcast, I'm not a scheduled guest. I've talked to him once. I may have talked to him twice, but I've texted him occasionally. And if he asked me, I would probably do it because he did my podcast. Yeah. But that's fair. Also of note. Scratch your back and I'll scratch the, mine or something like that. The uh, Calipari Patino podcast has disappeared from the face of the earth. Really? Did you know that? I think I, I feel like I've told you that. Have all the podcasts gone nope. away, or just that? Just one? that one. I will double check it. But when That's I when when he announced that he wasn't going to do his podcast the second year, I went back and looked for the Patino one, and I could not find it. Maybe it's been re-uploaded or something crazy. I don't know, but you know, that's just kind of something that that happened. If I found that rather interesting. Uh, yeah, I think Cal would. I think Cal would uh, rather let quite a few other. Um, questionable people speak to his team before he let Rick Pitino talk to his team. Yes, I would agree. Uh, regardless of what news it would make, I just don't think he would ever let Rick Pitino come talk to his team. Uh, the final thing that I mentioned is an eight-minute answer that started off from a question by your former colleague, Tim Sullivan of the Courier-Journal, about if it was morally okay for a shoe company to pay a college athlete. Calipari went on an epic rant, as I said, it was eight minutes. I'm sure not that, answering the question. Yes, that, that as well. He did not even come close. Well, I shouldn't say he come, should it didn't come close to answering the question. If you take what the full context of what he says, he could have just said, "I think there is nothing morally wrong with paying a college kid," but he just didn't say those words. He made it into a very, very long statement. Yeah, and that's another. That's another one in my sort of breakdown that I included was, uh, you know, no, it's not morally wrong. I mean, it's that, that kids and their families who probably should have been paid in the first place compensated by a, a billion dollar business that's built on their talent. No, it's not morally wrong. It's NCA wrong. It's against mm-hmm. the rules. I mean, all you have to, I mean, what I would say is no, it isn't morally wrong, but we, it is against the rules and we know the rules and until the rules change, we have to, follow those rules but uh he did say i think every i think the way he attempted to answer it without going there to the to the point of morality uh or and i think mostly most of all just attempting not to make himself a national headline by saying mm-hmm. it's not immoral to pay players but he did say i think every kid owns their name and likeness and not likeness and i've said it for years that's pretty clear that he doesn't think I, it's morally wrong but yeah yeah, I think he did sort of make his point there that uh, he, no, these guys should be compensated, you know, for uh, for what they're doing. So, uh, but you know, it went a bunch of different ways. We we got another one of the the, I mean, I can't tell you now how many times he's made this. Yes, I think guys should be able to go straight to the NBA, but I also worry about 
you know, you're all, there are only three or four that can do it, and the rest are going to be today. The word was roadkill. Ninety three percent of them will end up roadkill, and and he's probably right. You know, the idea that these guys are going to come out thinking they can go the NBA, or at least they can go the G League first and then the NBA, and many of them will never get beyond the G League, and the G League income is pretty modest. And if you go to the G League and and forego college, you don't. Uh, you know, many places now are offering, certainly Kentucky does, a lifetime scholarship yep. where you can finish college whenever you want. That's gone. You know, that's gone if you if you go straight from high school to try to be a pro basketball player. And he said these things a million times, but they are good points. And another one of them being, if you set it up this way, um, how many kids that are in the ninth or 10th grade in high school are going to say, I'm not taking this test. I'm not doing this homework. I'm not even going to go to school because when I'm eligible, I'm going to go straight from high school to the, to playing professional basketball. And then they don't even have a high school degree or they don't barely have an education or they don't have the grades where if they wanted to go to college, it's even an option. And then they get to this G league purgatory and realize what a terrible mistake it is. Uh, and, as Cal Perry said, the people who want to sit high up in a tower and judge people will say, well, their parents should have told them better or somebody should have told them better. They should have made a better decision and the tough, that's their problem, mm-hmm. which is a is a fairly uh, cold-hearted way to look at it when you're dealing with teenagers. So he, he ranted a lot of different ways, a lot of different directions. Most of the words he said in what was about a 1,200-word rant were not really an answer to the question. And at the end of it, he said, you guys get me started on all this. Uh, and Tim Sullivan said, the question was about shoe companies, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was great. But uh, Cal's going to Cal. If you, if you, if you ask him anything along these lines, he's going to talk about, he's going to get his points in. Um, you know, and he said, he even mentioned there was some meeting, meeting or meetings with other coaches and NCAA reps. And he said, he told, told the people there, I have to speak my mind so I can sleep at night. And so he spoke his mind, which I'm not shocked to learn. Yeah. Um, the other part of that, the previous part of that, I don't, it, I don't think it was the same person asking it. It was earlier in the press conference, but someone else asked, or actually, no, I think it was Tim Sullivan uh, about Roy Williams at North Carolina, catching a lot of flack because he acted like he was shocked by all the details coming out about pay for play and the testimony of this federal trial, which of course is ridiculous. Like no, nobody is shocked by this. Nobody in college basketball that's been around it at a high level is shocked that people are getting paid. Uh, and so, you know, Roy Williams has rightly gotten dinged for this. Uh, but Cal sort of dodged that idea as well. As I think, I think Tim asked him, can a coach at your level be, really be surprised by any of this? And he's like, I've been recruiting a lot. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, not much good comes of you know wading down into this stuff. But he did say it's a black eye and bad for basketball. Um, yada yada yada. Some kind of coach speak there, but didn't really weigh in on what has been some really crazy stuff. I mean, today as we're recording on Thursday, uh, Gasnola, the former Adidas, whatever he was, runner, I guess, testifying in court to. to you know, making specifically making payments himself directly to families of various prospects, a couple of them who went to Kansas, Billy Preston and DeSouza, um, and others, Dennis Smith Jr., I think, at NC State. Pretty ugly. If you're if you're one of those schools or coaches, you're certainly very stressed out. I think he made the point that none of the coaches knew 
that he was doing this all behind their backs, I guess, even though he said he talked to Bill Self about recruiting Billy Preston. <laughs> but he didn't talk to him about paying Billy Preston's family like $90,000. So pretty wild stuff. Also pretty wild that you almost went on a long rant as John Calipari just right there, Kyle. Coming up next, yeah, we're yeah, gonna I... coming up next, we're gonna <laughs> talk about what they had players had to say in an abbreviated segment since Kyle talked so long. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're a sports fan. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Tonight I was stuck at the station and they don't have NFL network. So how the heck was I gonna watch Giants Eagles? I'll tell you how. Sling TV. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch? Here's what you do. You get Sling TV. That's the best way to watch college football and some NFL. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, and a bunch more sports. Stream it on your big screen or to all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the TV you love, only better. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and best of all, you can cancel at any time, or I should also mention upgrade or downgrade your package and which channels you're getting. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You got nothing to lose. It's a free trial. So get to sling.com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Kyle, I'm just going to run through my favorite things from the player interviews from UK Media Day. One, Jerry Tipton and P.J. Washington talking about the shirtless picture he had for the U.K. Pro Day and the compared had to last year. To Jerry's credit, he had a point in all this. He wanted to get to kind of the bottom of the tattoos that P.J. were now on P.J.'s chest. And I think those stories are sometimes super interesting because you, get a, you find out more about a person because if they want to put some kind of ink on their body that's permanent, obviously it means something to them. So he kind of discussed that. Uh, I tweeted out the link, but the laughing of P.J. Washington when Jerry was just saying, you know, shirtless, and he's like, he's just laughing because this, he's like, this is so awkward right now. And he, he basically, the way I kind of interpreted his body language, he was like, it's more awkward talking about being shirtless than it was being shirtless and taking the picture for ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I think when uh, it was, Jerry's what, like, you know, 60 years old and and uh, pj washington's like 19 years old and mm -hmm. the older gentleman walks up and says so <laughs> let's talk about your uh, shirtless pics <laughs> yep that's that's i mean we're, we're, we're kind of dumbing it down a certain extent there was a little yeah, bit more depth but, to the question but, but yeah listen I, i've been there before i'm i'm not shirtless i'm not 60 no but i've i've been the you know 37-year-old guy walking up to the 18-year-old guy going like, oh, your physique's really impressive. <laughs> and then I'm like, what am I saying? Ooh, you look so good. Here? Yeah, you're really cut. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, uh. uh oh, gosh. Yeah, so so but, weird. Uh, the other thing that kind of was a dominant theme of Media Days, Calipari first mentioned it, and then all the players got asked about it, was attitude points. And basically, Calipari said that when someone's acting a fool, that's my words, not Calipari's, the other team gets an attitude point when they're scrimmaging or doing some kind of drill. So if Keldon Johnson, for example, flexes on a guy and mouths off, the other team gets an attitude point. He seemed like he'd never done that before. Johnny David, who obviously is a senior on the team, said he's never done it at his time, at Johnny David's time at Kentucky. So, you know, you, you said, Kyle, that 
Calipari didn't say anything new, but that seems to be a new tactic that he's just developed. Yeah, that is true, and that came from the kid reporter. The mm-hmm. kid reporter asked him what he does when a player gives him sass, and after she explained to him what sass was, he, he did reveal, that was news, he did reveal uh, that he's got this system, I think largely for Keldon Johnson. <laughs> and Ashton Haggins. Uh, and those and were, Ashton Haggins. Those yeah. were the two. Those were the two that everybody said were the biggest offenders. Yeah, they're the trash talkers and the guy. Like, I've heard, like, they've come kind of close to some blows in practices because guys are really intense. They're very competitive talkers in there. Um, it can get, it can get nasty. I think Cal wants to at least sort of like ramp that. So yeah, if you're, if you're, uh, up one in a scrimmage and you start squawking at somebody, you might all of a sudden be down one. And one thing I found out interesting today is I was asking people about Keldon Johnson. And, and one of the guys said that, the weirdest thing Keldon does is like the the guy that Keldon talks trash to all day in practice is Kenny Payne, the <laughs> assistant coach. What? Like I guess Kenny like really pokes and prods him to try to motivate him, and so anytime he does something good, he like stares down Kenny Payne and just starts trash talking him in practice. Which that's fantastic. Uh, that's really interesting. And the last dude in the entire gym that I would talk to. Yeah, Kenny Payne. He is not a small or unintimidating human being. Uh, two quick things on Keldon Johnson, then I'll get to Quad A Green, superhero, and my biggest complaint from Media Day, and it's something that I've been guilty of. But on Keldon Johnson, one, Nick Richards said that he'll just flex when he has an open after making an open layup. He goes, it doesn't matter. Whatever he scores, he's flexing and talking trash, even if it's an easy bucket. And then both P.J. Washington and Quade Green said that Keldon is crazy, but it's a good crazy. <laughs> so I found yes. that, that, that rather amusing. And speaking of Quade Green, here's how this went, Kyle. So another common question was they were asking about the basketball posters, which is, uh, we talked about on the last podcast, their uh, caricatures of the team. And so did you like your caricature, you know, and that kind of thing. And apparently, I didn't know this, Quade Green is an artist a little bit himself and likes to do some doodles. I've, I didn't know that, but he was talking about that with some people. And he said, I don't, I couldn't draw the poster that good. Normally I just kind of mess around and, you know, sketch out some superheroes, some action figures. And that turned into, well, what kind, which superhero would you be? And Quade sat there and thought about it. He goes, mm, that's a tough, I'd have to think about it. And he goes, mm, I'd be the baby from the Incredibles. oh that is just a great that is a perfect quantity agreement the only thing more perfect would have been if he just if he thought about it and then just named a random cartoon that is not a (laughs) superhero (laughs) because because that would also be very quantity like like uh hmm I'd probably be Donald Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is wear not having to wear pants a superpower? Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not super familiar. I know what the Incredibles is or who they are. Yeah, I, I haven't really watched them. Is the baby an actual superhero? Yeah, it's the superest because it has the powers of like everything. I don't know. It's like a oh, super, okay. super, super guy because it can. I've seen the first one. I had. Well, I think I saw the first one, um, but the I looked it up after he said it. The baby is named Jack Jack. I don't know why. It can like <laughs> is a shapeshifter, and can like flame. Has laser well, eyes. 
has been like, I think Quade made a really thoughtful yeah, choice. Can climb up walls and can do this like a multiplicity thing that it described where it can like make itself multiple people. So he, he picked a he picked a pretty good one, honestly, all things considered. All right, Kyle. My, here's my thing, and I'm gonna go on this little thing, and it was it was just <laughs> I don't know. The fork knight. Fork knife. Everybody asking who's the best fork knife player. How many questions f- Wait, did you get? Fork knife. Fork knife. The video game. Fort Fortnite. No, the fork knife. You calling it fork knife? <laughs> yeah, fork knife. <laughs> you know it's Fortnite. Fortnite, right? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> okay. Continue. It was just everybody was asked about it all day. I heard that. Who's the best? Who's the worst? And while it was kind of fun, and honestly, I think I've asked those questions last year when it first came out. I'm over them. No offense to anybody who asked oh, them. Oh, gosh. I'm over them, though. No, I no, I don't care, though. I really don't care about Fortnite. Um, I would like to I would like to stage a or a state a uh, media day faux pas. Do it's it. funny. I was reading I was reading a story today. The Ringer had this story uh, about the art of the sidle, uh, and it's about how in like NBA beat coverage, like the key to being really good is like this is different. At Kentucky, we don't just have open locker rooms and stuff. We can't just like walk up and talk to players. There are more stringent rules, so it's even tougher. But like in the NBA locker rooms, the really good beat writers like have relationships with players and they'll kind of like walk out after the interviews, walk out of the locker room, you know, maybe walk to the parking lot or walk down the tunnel with a guy or just grab him off to the side. Maybe when he's had his headphones on and has blocked out all the other reporters, but you know, somebody he knows really well will tap him on the shoulder and they'll get a couple minutes one-on-one and you want to try to get something different. So media day is a tough place to do that because there's a gazillion people, but all the players are in the gym. And, uh, and I, I wanted to talk to Nick Richards by myself for a minute. So I waited and waited. I kept an eye, I went and talked to other people and kept an eye on Nick and waited until everybody. And I was there. I finally got him. It was time was winding down on media day and I got him alone and I was talking to him about something, a story I'm working on. That's kind of interesting. It's kind of just a weird story. I've tried to do some kind of weird off the wall or different stories so far at the athletic. And this, this one would fit that category. And I didn't want other people to hear it. And that's what the story in the ringer is about. Like, the value of the sidle sidling up to players. And one of the things in this story is like the unwritten rule is you don't interrupt someone else's sidle. If someone clearly has like gotten a, a, a one-on-one situation going, you don't just like barge into it. Now media day is kind of weird because everybody's trying to get their stuff and you have to understand that. But it was almost the end. There was no reason for anybody else to talk to him anymore. Everybody had had their time with Nick Richards and I, I was, I wanted like five minutes by myself with him, and I'm not gonna say who because I like the person, but somebody just two minutes into it strolled right up in the middle of my sidle and proceeded to not even wait to see if I was in the middle of a train of thought, but just like rattle off five straight questions, and by the time he was done, the time on the media day was almost up and like five more reporters had come circled around Nick Richards and I had to stop asking my question and I was as mad as I have ever been on a media day I was very very pissed there we go that's it that's my rant don't 
interrupt someone else's sidle. We've all learned valuable lessons today. Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Be sure to be following at LockedOnUK on Twitter. You can find Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Please rate, review, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. And then share it with someone else who would enjoy it. Also find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.